FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Welcome to episode 12. It is so good to be back with you guys in the studio. We've had a couple of weeks of guest speakers and we thank Jeff Cavins and Emma Frad and Deacon Peter for joining us in our podcast. But we have to study again now. (laughs) Out of our holiday mode where there was no holiday. So how do you do that? Well, I I miss the study. I I, I think it helps me grow. Tell you what. I notice even when I don't do that, my homilies suffer as well. I need to, th- <laughs> I need to think, I have to study anyway. Yeah. But it's just, um, I, I think it really helps my, my deeper understanding. I that do. is good. I joke, I joke. Small <laughs> confession though, like if I've studied for a podcast and then I go to a mass and it's a podcast, like it's a gospel that I've already studied. When yeah. the homily comes and I'm just like, I know this. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know more I than you. Move out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's Capernaum. <laughs> 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 All right, man, let me, let me off the hook. <laughs> English is a second language, all right? No, it's not really. Just like Austra- Australian is your first. It is, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nah. my, you know, my first language is, is English too. I, even though I was brought up in Malta. Yeah, there's, a, there's like a population in Malta where they're all fancy <laughs> and they talk like this and no. pretend that they're not I Maltese. Really, I feel really <laughs> single dad here. I need no. to be Maltese. <laughs> Do you know what, guys? Have you ever had this thought? We look related. <laughs> no. We all look related. European. Yeah. Because, well, Alyssa's Italian. Italian. And um, you're married to a half... Italian, Maltese and Italian half, Maltese. half Maltese, but everyone thinks I'm Maltese or Lebanese. I get sometimes. Yes. Yeah, and I got Lebanese when I was a kid. That's because I had a monobrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the Lebanese. I have there. one too. Don't worry. <laughs> it has since fallen. Yes, it just it came out. <laughs> Someone definitely could have paid to get my eyes eyebrows waxed because my mum let me pluck, and that is dangerous. Mm. Support your daughters, mums and dads. And you're, you're completely Maltese. Both parents Maltese. Yeah. And yep. same same here. But my my mum was brought up in England my grandfather was British like Maltese but lived in in England and my mum lived in England and Geneva in Switzerland so she speaks French and she speaks English and but she doesn't speak Maltese so (laughs) (laughs) it's hilarious no but it's hilarious just even even I who have lived here in Australia for 15 years I I'm embarrassed to hear her speak Maltese just so (laughs) It's it's terrible. Anyway, we love you, Father Rob's mom. <laughs> yes, yeah. we do. Even though he judges you, we don't. Should be laughing too. Should agree. <laughs> well, I don't know how we got talking about nationalities and languages, but here we are, episode twelve. We've got a great topic lined up today. We're going to be talking about should Christians be poor. We're going to be talking about how much stuff is too much. Lots of stuff to talk about. Yes, and. Also, um, just a, a beautiful um, character in the Bible who, who I love, and sometimes we miss some parts of this, so we're going to explore that as well. And a great holy person we're going to talk about. Anyway, all of this Jam-packed and more. Episode. And also, also, we have a... Um, mystery box. Mystery box. That's all I wanted to say, but you guys are saying really <laughs> profound stuff. And I was like, um, mystery box? Because you're looking, you're staring right at it. I am. Uh, Staring at victory. But, there's a, but our, this comes from, it's an international mystery box. So we're it's really so excited. You guys so just, are awesome. You've Alice got to stay tuned. Awesome. 
Let's get into this gospel though. So we're preparing for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The gospel comes from Mark, it's chapter 10, verses 17 to 30. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not not defraud. Honour your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields, for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Where do we begin? It was a very long gospel, but it's so jam-packed. And we say this every week, don't we? Mm. It is, it is, yeah. Even the background music ran out. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, it's not over yet. I'll just start it again. (laughs) But this, uh, I I love this rich young man. He was, he must have heard Jesus preaching and healing and he was just like, he's sitting in the crowd and he's thinking, whoa, this guy is amazing and, and he's learning so much more. And all of a sudden, he's thinking, I want to be a disciple. Now, he spent his whole life getting what he wants. You know, how he wanted. He spent his whole life getting the clothes he wanted, the following he wanted, everything. And so he thought, that's it. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. And he goes up to Jesus so full of emotion, so excited. And he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. You're a good you, you, you are good, you're a good teacher. And what does Jesus do, sort of in a sense, lovingly, but brings him back down to earth and says, hey, hold on, mm-hmm. no one is good except God, except the Father. So basically what you're saying is that you're calling me God. Therefore, <laughs> it's a whole philosophical <laughs> lesson that is going through. He's saying, therefore, you're going to have to give me everything. Because Jesus Christ is Lord of all, as we said, even in a previous podcast, or he's not Lord at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's asking him for everything here, and now he's starting to reconsider. Yeah. So you, when you're mentioning that, it just reminds me of all the times that I've been in worship, and you're singing those songs, and I say, Lord, I surrender my life to you, and like yes. I'll walk through the fires for you. <laughs> and then you have that moment where you're like, yeah. 
oh my gosh, did I just say that out loud? And God, yes. did you hear me? Because you realize <laughs> so I just scary. said I'd walk through fire. Like I just said that I would surrender everything. And, yes. you know, sometimes we just say it without realizing the gravity of what we're saying. Sometimes we say it without meaning it. But then when you have that moment of being reminded about the gravity of what you are saying to God, what that means for your life, Changes everything. It does. And it is dangerous. Some prayers we pray are very dangerous prayers. <laughs> we don't even realize. It's like crocking. <laughs> be, careful. be careful what you pray because God, God, especially prayers of surrender, God takes us on. Take, yeah, he takes it. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think that rich young man kind of was expecting that answer either. Mm. Yeah. Like the fact, you know, he'd followed the commandments all of his life and he'd heard about Jesus and he'd gone to Jesus because he knew that there was something more to the way that he was living but he was still very dependent on all of that. And so yes. Jesus is calling him to let go in a sense. Yeah. And yeah. he missed the point. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But le- let's also be very clear that this man was a good man. He wasn't a bad man. Okay. He was actually, he was a very good, honorable man. And he was, a, he had a good heart and Jesus saw that good heart and loved that good heart. But he was, he was just pointing out how, in a sense, oh, I've never defrauded anyone, I've never killed anyone. And this is a lot, sometimes, our confessions when we go to the priest. And, and especially, uh, this is something that we, we can do rather than talk about our sins. We can talk about the things we haven't done. Oh, look, Father, I never killed anyone. And I'm thinking, like, thank God, because you're in the confessional <laughs> here with me. <laughs> and, oh, but it's not about what we didn't do. And this is what Jesus was saying. That's great. That's fantastic. Good on you. Well done for doing all of this. But what about? It's not about what you've omitted, but what have you, in a good sense, committed? What have you given of yourself, of overflow? Some, what you've shown me so far is that is that you've given of what doesn't cost you much. But... Actually, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to count the cost. It's going to cost you everything. But even, yeah, it is going to cost you everything. But the way that Jesus said that to the rich young man is something we really should point out because he's like, the gospel says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Mm. Apparently, like according to my commentary, it said it's the only time in the gospel that Jesus is said to have looked on an individual with love. Um, How amazing is that? But again, because that rich young man, he was great and everything, but he... He missed that point. And I was just, it just got me thinking. I was thinking, how many times, you know, have I missed that loving gaze of God because I've been too caught up in all the things that I'm thinking about rather than keeping that attention on God? Yeah. There's always one line that always sort of stumps me or floors me. Um, and, and that line of Jesus looking at him loved him. And we know because we get the privilege of reading the, the whole scripture and knowing the end of the story, but we can look at this rich young man. And as you say, like, I think we can demonize him a little bit, but, um, you know, even though he's kind of in a sense said the wrong thing, like it's pretty clear that he's missed the point. Like I followed all the rules. Like clearly Christianity is not about being in a relationship with rules. It's about being in a relationship with Jesus and knowing that that means that you, you know, that Jesus is your everything at the expense of anything. That's a pretty huge thing. But the fact that Jesus doesn't look at him with judgment, but with love, I think to me that floored me. Um, But the reason why he looks at him with love, I think, is because he can pinpoint. Like, I just feel like Jesus has these love laser beams (laughs) and they go straight to that bit that you don't even know is there. But it's it's the bit of you that's that's crying out, that's aching, that um, 
that desires more, but you can't even put your own finger on it. Sometimes you can't see it. And I think Jesus looks with with a loving gaze on that part of his life. And money isn't a bad thing. But I think what Jesus could see is that money had control over this yes. guy's life. And when, when something that is not of not God or not of God has control over you, you will never be free. Yep. And I think that lo- God's love only breeds freedom. Like there is no fear in love, uh, but perfect love casts out all fear. And this guy isn't, isn't free and Jesus just desires for him to be free. So he doesn't say this to embarrass him. He doesn't say it because he wants to stump the guy and, and give a lesson to everyone. Like, you see everybody, if you're not willing to walk away, then you could just walk away. No, it's all about that young man and about his freedom in that moment and Jesus wanting the more, wanting him to be free. Um, but yeah, I think the young man was was blinded by the reality of, of what he was addicted to, blinded by the reality of, of what had a hold on his life. And sometimes we are too. Like, I might not see how a certain thing that has a hold on my life distracts me, you know, from God actually being at the centre of my life and having prime position in my life. And I think what what this rich young man didn't see was Jesus' side of the bargain. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he all he was seemed to be assessing was, okay, what is Jesus asking of me? But at the same time, again, something a cliche that's become because I often say it is that God will always outdo us, uh, will always outdo our generosity. Mm. So we can never outdo God with generosity. I just just think of uh, maybe God is asking big things of your life. Maybe He's asking you to let go of big things. But sometimes it's small things that we find it really hard to let go of. I remember um, 17, 18 years old, um, and I had sort of my conversion. And I, I started to follow the Lord, and I, I really fell in love with Jesus. I fell in love with him just head over heels. And one of the uh, things I had was I had a lot of heavy metal CDs at the time. For those of you who don't know what CDs are, they're like discs that you put into play music. <laughs> I have so many <laughs> questions about whether there's photographic <laughs> evidence of you in your heavy metal phase, but yes. I'll, I'll email your mum. <laughs> but I had all of these, like Metallica Slayer. I had all of these, like at the time it was... Um, and he, anyway, I had these piles of, 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 of CDs and um, I remember my aunt came up to me one day and she said, Rob, these, these are not good. They're not good for your spirit. They're not good for where you're at right now. Maybe they could have been good where you were there. But right <laughs> now, the Lord seems to want to purify this, even what you're listening to, the music you're listening to. And I remember just thinking, um, God, I, I don't want because I love this music. You know, I said, but uh, I, I trusted my auntie and I, I trusted Jesus. And I said, even if I'm doing the wrong thing, I'm going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting my CDs in a pile, my mom and my auntie standing there and with a hammer. I sledged every oh. one of my CDs. Wow. You couldn't just uh, throw it in the bin? I couldn't, <laughs> but it, for me, it was like a symbolic, like nice. I want to give you everything and sort of, sort of, relentlessly and and i don't know i just it was my generosity like my violence (laughs) towards god basically and but i in hindsight you know like you look back and i thought that's it that's it for my music but the generosity of god in my life you know i wasn't a musician then but I'd never played the guitar or anything. But all of a sudden, you know, I started to fall in love with Christian music. And to the point where there was a Christian store that basically survived of me buying CDs. <laughs> you know, I, if all my money was spent on CDs. So I had like a hundred times more CDs than, than I had before. And uh, just the way that God blessed and filled my heart for the generosity that I'd shown towards him in this small thing. And I think of the rich young man. 
I know that if he did have the guts to let go, if he did have the guts to follow Jesus, Jesus would have blessed him a hundredfold, a thousandfold, pressed down, overflowing. Yeah, and that's what even the later part of this gospel, that's what Jesus is saying as well. So anyone who's left behind, what does he say, mother, I'm just off memory here, mother or brother, left behind anything, that sacrifice doesn't go unnoticed. You're going to receive a hundredfold in return. You're yes. welcomed, even though you're leaving your family, you're going to be welcomed into this beautiful family of, of other Christians as well. Yes, and he says he will bless us in this life as well. So God blesses us not only when we go to heaven, but God blesses us also now. in this life with the peace and uh, sometimes <coughs> prosperity, but it's not important. This is not what we're talking about. Prosperity is not going to fill your heart. At the end of the day, it's knowing that God is looking after you, that God's going to provide for your every need. That's going to fill your heart, knowing that there's the love of God. And yeah, and I th- I think as well context that Jesus says lay it all down and you get a lot of family. And you'll get a, God will give you more. It was a time of persecution. People were losing their lives. They were losing their families. If you became a Christian, you were abandoned by your family. You were um, kicked out of your home. You were an outcast. You weren't allowed into pubs, clubs. You weren't allowed Gosh. into any of that. So, But what you were did get in return was you became a Christian. And everyone recognized you as a Christian. So you were welcomed into not your home, but a hundred other homes. Wow, imagine all the free food. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not pickled fish. But <laughs> it just reminds me of... Um, cause I, like I, I hear all this and I would love to be able to sit here and say, yeah, I surrendered everything to God 10 mm-hmm. years ago and I don't feel – it's hard. It is. It's, oh, really yeah. te- it's actually terrifying and not knowing what his plan holds for you and then, but him still asking you to hand something over that you love is, is so difficult. And I've, you know, I'm going through a bit of a hard patch of my life right now to be quite vulnerable and honest and um, a couple months back my mum – just said to me like the thing that I've been going through that I had to hand over she said Justine you just have to picture she said sometimes in my life I just picture the cross I picture the altar and I put it there she said but you can't go back tomorrow and take it off the altar Mm. you have Mm. to leave it there and you know we have such a a human experience of loss, a human experience of unfulfilled, um, you know, when you give something and you don't get something back from another human. And, and sometimes we we apply that to God and it's a taking. We think that he's going to take and that it's supposed to just teach us a lesson. And I, I often think, I don't know, it's because I've had, you know, Maltese disciplinary parents growing up, but, you know, that there's always like a hard lesson that has to be <laughs> learned. But it is hard, but I don't think God purposely makes things hard for us because that's the only way I think that he honors that in ways that will enrich us in ways that we can't imagine but it is hard it is hard to give and maybe that's why I have a bit of a soft spot for this rich young man like I don't have much money but it is it is really hard sometimes to to stay you know, yes. I, I, oh, I get yeah. it. I get it. <laughs> and Jesus recognized that in the rich young man. He didn't condemn him. You know, and I, again, to go back to that point, you know, that he looked at him and loved him. He knew that he was going to decline his offer. He knew mm. it. But still in that moment, he looked at him and loved him. But you see, that was the bargain. That was Jesus' side of, of his generosity, that if only this again, it's only we can always look at it in vulnerable <laughs> because we know more now in hindsight. Yeah. But if only he could have stopped and and allowed himself to be transformed by that gaze, by that look of love. You know, Pope Benedict spoke so often about contemplating the face of Jesus, contemplating the 
face of Jesus. Why? Many of us are f- afraid. We are afraid because it is hard. We're afraid uh, to contemplate the face of Jesus because we think God's going to ask us for something. We think God's going to condemn us. We think God's going to ask us for something that we're not ready to give. We think that God's going to rip the carpet right out of our feet. Uh, and and this is not what Jesus does. So if you stopped and contemplated the face of Jesus, what he would do is just look at you and love you. Mm. And if only we had the guts. And I'm talking about myself. Like, I run away from Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you He's so think fit. Like, he's going to outrun you. He's going to outrun you. Yes. But I'm just, I constantly run away. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, every time he catches me, I never regret it. So, mm. uh, yeah. Just, uh, I'm surprised I, I, I haven't bumped into you on one of our runs, runs. away from God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're back again. <laughs> oh, the same route. Yep, still running. Uh, no. I'm, I'm worried that you're taking this so literally. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's like, like I'm in my own little world here. Just filter me out. It's, filter like, me out. it's like Jesus talking about the camel going through the eye of the needle. You can't take that literally either. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, I tried it in the lead up. No, I'm kidding. That was a very good segue because I love, everyone knows me, I love my Old Testament connections and how the disciples would react to things and that whole camel and going through the eye of the needle like that was what's again someone finished my word that was something for the something huge for the disciples to like what's the word yes. come yes. on an, you an can allegory, get it um, uh, no just like something for them to really difficult for them to comprehend like yes. what the heck is he saying here because yes. now this is really cool um when jesus said it was difficult for the rich to enter into heaven the disciples in that time regarded um the prosperous, so those who had a lot of wealth, as having first dibs on the kingdom of God, basically. So for Jews, wealth was a sign of like God's blessing and it meant that the Jews could fulfill the sacrifices. They had the time um, the time, and also the money to provide for those sacrifices. And so it was a sign of blessing, basically. Um, and hold on. You know how I go in these little rants sometimes and I can't get my point out? Like, it's just a... It's a um, you're doing well. You I think you're doing yeah, please throw me that Stop on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say that, like, if you weren't wealthy, you couldn't fulfill those sacrifices. Yes. And so to fulfill those parts of the law, the disciples were thinking, well, so if rich people can't even get into heaven... What hope is there What for hope us? is there for me? So, like... That's a really yeah. full-on statement of Jesus to make. Yes. Someone take over and say. <laughs> <me. laughs> well, I think it, again, this is this is a point that Jesus is making. That at the end of the day, it is about contemplating that you're missing the point. If it's if you think that God wants your hand, He doesn't want your hand. He can provide for Himself. He can provide for His own sacrifices. Mm-hmm. In fact, He did on the cross. But he's saying here, I want your heart. I want yeah. your heart. And, and sometimes we complicate things so much. We complicate things. And God, yes, is calling you to be a saint, but he's, he will give you the strength. He'll give you the way. He'll give you the path to go. Don't be afraid. And I, I, honestly, I wish I had like a, a figurative mirror to, <laughs> to look at myself and, and, and just point at myself. Rob, don't be afraid. Stop being afraid. Yeah. Stop being afraid of the, of, of the face of Jesus. And again, it's impossible because the rich people are comforted in the fact that they're serving God. They're comforted in the fact that, hey, I'm comfortable here on this, in this life. And it is difficult to, to fall to your knees if you think you're serving God already. And again, I know this too well, even as a priest, you know, even whatever. You just think, ah, oh, I spent a whole day preaching to 5,000 teenagers. I don't need to go and pray. I don't mm. need to. I've, I've served Jesus. I've spoken about Jesus all day. 
And when Jesus is looking at me and saying, are you serious, Ro? Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not interested in your words. I want your heart. Yeah. I want your heart. You and this gospel is so beautiful because it's a, it's a way for us to just check within ourselves, like, are we really depending on God yeah. as a child would? Like, mm-hmm. it's such an invitation to just um, not only let go of your possessions, but to be, not to be attached to your possessions, but to be attached to God himself yeah. in that relationship. Yeah. And so to answer the, the question... Should Christians be poor? I think the answer is no. And the irony is that this whole scripture of the rich young man has nothing to do with money or riches. Absolutely. Mm. The whole point is about being detached from these worldly things that, that block us from God and being, as you say, Alyssa, attached to God, having God at the center of your life. Um, so, there you amen. Go. so there you go. We have to have an attitude of, of generosity, of, of letting go. And uh, people were grateful for letting go. Uh, our ministry partners. So let's just hear a little word from our sponsor. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com donate. It's time for the mystery box. It's so good to have one of these. Now, we've got a very special mystery box this week, and this one's been sent in from our beautiful ministry partner and friend, Julie, from the USA. Hi, Julie. Hi, Hi, Julie. Julie. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was so cool. And I've tested this on my husband, and he didn't know what it was, so I'm very excited. (laughs) Here we go, guys. Okay, so we have to guess the contents of this mystery box. That's right. It's a totally random item, and that's that's how the mystery box works. And we're going to be giving away these... um, mystery boxes at the end of the season is it an in and out burger and milkshake <laughs> i would you really love you I'm love all the way try. from america i don't think so it's a, okay here we go it's open Ooh. oh oh i i'm, I'm wow. just thinking oh <laughs> oh i'll give you one so what they are is some, a rubbery but it almost feels like jelly sticky cup thing oh i've just broken it here we go <laughs> <laughs> what is this it's a, for your <gasps> i think i know what it is is what? this an air freshener holder for your car no oh. what if you, what if you put this on the bottom of the sink so the water doesn't come out no can you describe did i do a bad job of describing <laughs> what that is it looks like a jellyfish it does and it and it's colorful and it's so exciting and it's, it's stretchy is it got to do it it's too soft for cooking is it and it's silicone. It's a silicone thing. I don't know. I, I think we're taking too long on this. All right, um. It's so good. Can I show you? <laughs> yes. So it's two. So the little one that Justine's got, it's if you've cut a vegetable like halfway oh, and you cooking. still want to use it, you can cover it with that and put it in the fridge and it stays fresh. <gasps> and this is oh. like over the top of a, of a plate. Like it, it, it <gasps> will say like, like a little baby like plate. Like cling wrap, but like. Like cling wrap, but like for vegetables. Multi, multi-use. Oh, wow. Sto- wow. Food storage. VIP Very food good one. storage. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. We are stumped. <laughs> this is the first one that I provided. Well, Julie provided through me. Um, <laughs> that we didn't <laughs> that you guess. didn't guess. How exciting. I saw the fear in your eyes when I was about to, to give a guess. <laughs> I was like, please no. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. And this is going to go in the... Um, 
in in the pool to give away. Love it. Saint of the week, hey? But not a saint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the way to becoming a saint. She's closer than you and I, right? Yeah. Closer than us. Yes. Uh, who is it? A blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati. Oh, there you go. Now, yeah. I know you've got a pretty interesting story about him, Justine. Yes. Someone gifted me. Actually, this is, you know, weird Catholic things, but um, in World, at World Youth Day 2008, um, they kind of shipped his coffin or remains to to world youth day 2008 because he was a patron and i didn't know who on earth this blessed pierre giorgio guy was but i remember it was being held in the cathedral at saint mary's and there was a picture of a young handsome guy and a story and i remember just stopping there and reading about this guy's life and then i read a book about blessed pierre giorgio and he's just a really young ordinary fun sounding attractive young man who loved the lord and wanted Ooh, to tell everyone attractive. stop it it's weird <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already feel weird enough thinking that a dead person well, is he good looking i don't know he uh, was google him but you know. <laughs> i did but <laughs> someone send us a photo thank you. <laughs> um but i was really taken aback by how he lived out his love for the lord and um i was actually traveling for 10 days on my own in italy and i went to turin because that's where he lived and kind of followed in his footsteps a little bit and I wanted to to visit where his body um, is, is, I suppose, in a sense, buried or stored. Yes. I don't know the right language. <laughs> stored. Not, not stored. stored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me the correct so, uh, terminology. Buried. Buried is a good buried word. Buried is in the <laughs> cathedral. But I was so excited to spend the whole day in prayer at his tomb. That's the word. Yeah. At his tomb. Entombed. Entombed. <laughs> and um, I, at the same time, though, the Shroud of Turin was being um, displayed. And so there was really long lines to this cathedral. And um, anyways, I was lining up and about to see the Shroud of Turin just in the my own Justine Ladida world. And I looked around and there was a painting of Blessed Pierre Giorgio. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I think he's buried here. And I asked some guard, like tried to mime, is this where he's buried? And they're like, yep. And I had one minute one minute, I wanted to spend a whole day praying there, one minute, and I just cried for the whole minute. And I think I was saying, please pray for me. <laughs> please just pray for me. And then moved on. But um, I'm just really captured by by his life. And I know you have a really good synopsis of that. <laughs> You're really good at making a little synopsis of that. He's like, that's such a beautiful story. And I, I hope to visit one day as well. Do um, it. There's great chocolate in Turin as well. <laughs> Italy, I could go a pizza. Be good. Um, food, food on the Catholic influence. No, I'm podcast. hungry. Stop it. <laughs> Um, so Blessed Pierre Giorgio, he was born in 1901 in Italy to a really wealthy family, but he had such a heart for the poor. So he was part of um, many student groups and really dedicated to the poor. So his parents would sometimes give him money. I love this story. Um, and he would just give it straight to the poor or he would have money for a train fare and he'd give it to the poor and he would run home himself. Or normally when his family would expect him to travel in like first class, he would just travel in the cattle class of the train so that the money could be given to the poor. So. Yeah. And he died really young um, in 1925 of polio. I think he was 24 when yep. he died. And the streets of the city like were full of people just attending his funeral, paying their respects. And the people of Turin just pleaded with the archbishop straight away, like make this guy a saint. Wow. And he was canonised in 1990. His feast day is July 4th. Um, and he really loved the mountains. Like a really famous saying of his is verso l'alto, which it means kind of like to the heights. And so it's kind of just a reminder to us to strive to reach that summit 
of heaven. Yeah. And I, I just love how real he was. There's, you can read lots of stories about him, but one of them is that he used to um, go to the pub to play pool and make bets with his mates. And if they lost, they would have to come to mass with him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was really good at pool. So. Well, what I like about him was that he was uh, an athlete. He was a mm. fitness buff. So like he was strong Something and he everyone. was climbing. Yeah. And he's, yeah, so... This, this is why I have some consolation of, of, of doing exercise <laughs> and not feeling guilty about yeah. it. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I should call my little home gym as the, the Frassati gym well, or something. Do it. <laughs> you need a name for it, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, no one's allowed in. It's just me. It's <laughs> too small. <laughs> okay, there you go. The, Pray for uh, us. Talking so. about that, yeah. Jim, just me when we're talking about being generous. But anyway. <laughs> so once again... Um, Let's listen to our um, sponsor, uh, Encounter Courses. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible, and more with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. Topic of the week. I don't know about you guys, but every time we do a podcast, I feel like it's something that's just so relevant to my life <laughs> at the time, whether it's in the gospel or the saints or in the topic. And this week, it's definitely the topic. Mm. I've been spending a lot of time spring cleaning my house. Because we're in spring here. We are in spring in Australia. That's and it's um, our topic is how much stuff is too much. And I feel like I've really learnt... I don't actually need more than half the stuff in my house. Yes. <laughs> the guilty it's, moment. We do we do clutter so much. You know, I, we had a meeting with our bishop as well and he was talking to us about the, all our priests about um, the new entitlements that we get, the new securities that the, the priests get and one of them is that he's added on to what priests are entitled to is moving trucks. So not no, we don't get a moving truck, but we get the the parish or the diocese now pay for us to move from one parish to another. And he was he said it like he was grieving, you know? Wow. The, he said, I'm gonna offer this because it's it's necessary, but it it sort of it breaks my heart. He said there was a time when priests used to move from parish to another with things that fit into their car, and that was it. And now <laughs> sort of we're <laughs> we're having because of our cultures is just that we have so much stuff, but stuff doesn't make us happy. It doesn't. It's actually decluttering. <laughs> you can say makes makes us happy. Yeah, it it really it. does. And they say that like your exterior surroundings really affect your internal surroundings. I felt so light. Like it was just like <laughs> Chuck. Yeah. Chuck. My husband's angry at me because our garage is full of like boxes, and he's like, we can't literally cannot fit it in the bins. <laughs> Did you stuff. find um, Father Rob's Metallica smashed up CDs? <laughs> I there? didn't, but I found a. A Father of the signed Divine Mercy thing <gasps> from like when I used to line up to get your autograph. <laughs> and I found all like when I was in high school, I had this obsession with this singer and I would write my name 
with that singer's surname. Like, oh my, it was gosh. like full on. Oh wow, Alyssa <laughs> loves whatever. <laughs> I don't feel so creepy about calling Lisa Pierre Giorgio handsome now. That's way creepier. <laughs> it was full on, so. but it was really freeing. Like, I mean, I love find you find great, you find treasures, but then it's also like I don't need this teddy bear that I. Your club. <laughs> how, how, how long have you been married? Five years. Five years. So this is clutter for five years, <laughs> like five years of clutter. Yes. And already, like, it's filled with boxes. And I, I, I mean, I'm the same. I've been in my parish for what? But I, I, I'm, I'm not a hoarder. I'm not saying you are. But <laughs> I, I, like I don't think I am. No. <laughs> show called Hoarders <laughs> that you should watch But I throw everything away, like everything. Not a give, throw everything away. I'm too I, I don't to like get stuff. you a gift. I'm, no, I'm, I'm I don't like stuff. Like my assistant like knows, like whenever they ask, well, what should we get Father Rob? Just don't get him stuff. Don't get me stuff. I don't want stuff. Like some people have the love language of, of gift giving. Uh, for me, okay, a nice a nice whiskey or something like that. That's fine because it's a consumable. But stuff just makes me miserable. Like mm. where are, the first thing I think is someone gives me something nice is where am I going to put it? Yes, <laughs> and you're very you're an organized person. But as I was reflecting on this topic, I had my dad's voice ringing <laughs> in my ears because he laboured this point as we were growing up. But we, if ever we would ask my parents if we could buy something, he would always, without fail, say, "Do you need it?" Or do you want it? <laughs> like, like oh, Dracula. You're programming me to give me the answer that you want. But he would always ask us that. And if mum came home with like sales items that she'd bought, she'd say, ah, it was 40% off. And he'd say, yes, but it was 60% off. <laughs> so it's just don't even try getting around my dad. But um, I think it is that, that spirit of do you actually need it and why uh, is a really good question, I think, if you can program um, into yourself. and. I think recently um, it's been a bit of a rough patch, you know. Worldwide. Yeah, everyone's been in and out of lockdowns and there was a patch of of being in a lockdown and I noticed that I was buying a whole bunch of stuff all the time because it was really nice. You got a little bit of a rush of endorphins when a package arrived at your door and I made friends with the delivery guy (laughs) and, you know, it was lovely and I got all this stuff. But I realized at some point when I was reflecting um, that I was buying a lot of stuff because I was actually really sad you know, yeah, it was yeah. really hard. And so buying this stuff was a bit of a cover up, a bit of a band aid, a bit of a sheet over the mess of my life that I didn't want to deal with. Yes. And so I bought a lot of stuff and, it, you know, you got that hit when you bought it. And so I caught myself out and I told myself for a month, I am not going to buy anything. And the purpose of it wasn't to save money or to watch my bank account grow, but it was to allow myself to be in an uncomfortable place of not feeling my sadness with stuff of actually sitting with the Lord in my sadness, in my, my mess, my crap, and having to deal with it. And, and turning to Jesus rather than stuff. Yes. Yes. And again, yeah. this is this is one of the things that we need to understand. Where should, should Christians be poor? Should we... Um, what well, I think it's a, things are not bad. It yeah. wasn't bad that you bought the stuff. I think what is bad is that we hold on to things. They become our security. They become our crutch. They become the thing that we turn to rather than Jesus. Yes. But also, it's when it comes to bigger things, it's uh, about them becoming our security. So holding on to things, but holding on to them lightly. Mm-hmm. Always hold on to things that God has given because God blesses us. He wants us to have a car if we can need a car. He wants us to have food. He wants us to have shelter, um, a roof over our head. That's fantastic. But hold on lightly. At the end of the day, God's going to provide. God's going to be your wealth and, and your strength and your provision. Yeah. yeah. And I think as well, thinking of the things that we have and the things we've been given, 
we're stewards of those things. So we need to be using those to bring glory to God. So are, are we giving God glory in our finances? And again, making sure we're looking after the poor. If we've got things and we have it in abundance, giving it to others and, and sharing that, being generous with others. Yeah. Um, you go. It's not always money. I yes. think um, yeah. I don't have a lot of money. I wish I had a lot of money because I could, I mean, I could sit here and say I'd give it away. I'd like to think that I'd give my money <laughs> away to good causes, but I do have time and I do have talent and that is a currency as well. And so um, I think to just bless people with a reminder of how loved yeah. they are. And it's not just loved by you, but that God sees them and that you could be a reminder for that. So, you know, you could buy something for someone, something small, or just spend time. The last 18 months has really um, shown me how important it is to spend actual time with people, being present with people. You know, you could send a nice message to someone. You could write a letter, if anyone remembers what those are. <laughs> write a letter to somebody or transfer someone $5 and say, COVID sucks, here's five bucks. Buy it. <laughs> oh, that I'm going to start a business. <laughs> COVID sucks, here's five bucks. Buy yourself a coffee, you know. <laughs> or donate to charity. Like if you have got some spare money in your account because, you know, Whatever you've saved some, can you can you source a charity and donate a local charity to a local charity or or whatever? But just really discover the joy of giving and give not because you're trying to do something nice, but give because it does give glory to God. Yeah. But also plan, plan. I think planning is so important as well. Like the spring cleaning, yes, it's a planning not to buy anymore, <laughs> but also plan to give. Plan to give. So one of the things I like to do is I always take a percentage of everything that enters into my bank account and I have a separate bank account and I sweep it even before it enters, before I even think of it, it sweeps into another bank account that is just for giving and just to give, just to be generous. And because I think we need to plan that ahead. Otherwise, we can quickly get attached to, to our money as well. And this is not only, this is with our time as well, with our energy Plan to give. Make sure you're, you're planning time to, to go to the streets to feed the poor if you can do that, to, to help others in need. So I think it's a, it requires a bit of planning. So um, once again, we're grateful for you. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. It's been so great to spend this time with both of you. Um, be sure to check us out on social media. You can do that at all the platforms. So Instagram at Catholic Influencers underscore Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Influences, Twitter at Cath Influences, YouTube.com forward slash FRG Ministry. We've got a website, FRGMinistry.com forward slash podcast. Send me an email, podcast at FRGMinistry.com. <laughs> <laughs> Write me a letter. I don't know. There's plenty of ways you can Justin, get in touch. Justin, next week, that's your... your no, your, thanks. <laughs> I pass. And I feel know. like I, I sleep on it and I wake, I am, you know, rattle it off in my sleep. But anyway... But well, challenge of the week, declutter. Maybe, uh, declutter and ask yourself, do you need it or do you want it? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. God bless you. See and you. we'll see you next week. Bye.